Welcome to Day by Day Insights, where we share stories and bring joy via honest and down-to-earth discussions. We are your hosts, Lachelle Marlowe and Femi Onamusi. Join us as we explore real issues that affect everyday people in short but exciting episodes every Wednesday. Welcome, welcome back, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in again. Today's topic is going to be how to quit part two. Yay. Sometimes people don't want to hear the truth because they don't want their illusions destroyed. Quote by Nietzsche. Mm, that's a deep one. Oh, yes. The and deepest. <laughs> deepest. If this is your first time visiting, we should probably do the whole spiel for our first time listeners. Thank you. Um, welcome to Day by Day Insights. Welcome. We inspire, we share daily, in, well, weekly inspiration. Yes. <laughs> um, a few weeks ago, we did a session on how to quit. Mm. And um, that was met with so much love. Thank um, you, guys. Thank you. Um, and we've come back with a few more um, examples of things that people can quit because the whole concept of quitting anything is so foreign and so anti mm. um, that uh, we've we've come back with a few more things that we feel that you can, could, and possibly should quit. Um, and I think we said at the very first session that this was inspired by the book, The Emotionally Healthy Woman. So important for us to give kudos where it's due. Absolutely. Um, so um, that's that. And today, we're, are we going to jump right in or do, do you want to do... We'll just quickly little, recap. Yeah, should we do a quick recap? Yeah, so the other... Why, why should we even quit anything, Michelle, before we jump into the three yeah. things we talked about quitting last time? Why, why should anyone want to quit anything? Isn't that anti-everything we've ever learned? Well, well, I think what we're doing is demystifying the myths of what is right for the masses doesn't necessarily mean it's right or healthy for us as individuals. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important for us to assess what we need to do to be the best version of ourselves. And I think we drew our line in the sand last time in terms of are there things that are adding value or distracting from value? Mm. What are some of those things that might be causing us more harm than good in our lives? And we make a conscientious decision to find those things that are adding value and where they're not to say, hey, this is something that's not helping me. So I'm going to take a stand and say, no, thank you. Yeah, yeah. And if you want to know more... <laughs> Yeah, Ooh. please go go back and listen. We don't want to give you all the oh. all the all the info. No spoiler alerts no. on this show. <laughs> so yes, please go back and listen to the, the how how to quit part one. Absolutely, um, and that will give you all the insights. Wonderful. Um, so today we're just going to jump right into part two. Um, so uh, we we talked about the, the very last one we talked about was quit denying anger, sadness, and fear. Uh, today. I think the first one we'll like to start with is quit faulty thinking. Oh, stinky thinking. No, what on earth does that mean, Michelle? I, whenever I think of... A <laughs> I kind of just threw you into oh, that. Oh, throw me <laughs> under the bus. Throw on you, sir, girlfriend. Because she'll actually make sure that the paramedics are there for me. <laughs> no, I am weird, but you love me anyway, don't you? I do. I do. <laughs> so a faulty thinking for me initially starts with self. Um, 
just being kind, being more thoughtful to yourself, um, and, and, and looking after your own mental health and well-being. And if, if you start from that place of appreciation and self-love, then you're able, I think, to more effectively and more authentically expand it out to other people. Um, when you come from a place of love and gratitude for your own self, you're able to recognize where you can share that and expand that to other people as well. And I think that's really, really important. So faulty thinking for me is start from a place of self-love, mm. stop that negative toxic thinking and putting yourself down. And then in turn, you're able to share that love and shine that light on other people. Mm. That's an interesting viewpoint. Interestingly, I have a slightly expanded view oh, of yes. faulty thinking. Expanded sister. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so actually what I, when I hear faulty thinking, what sort of comes to mind is, where we over the years we've allowed ourselves certain prejudices mm. certain biases that have um we've in sometimes we've um inherited them mm. and we've just carried on doing that so mm. this is more self reflection in terms of cutting away things that mm. we uh, biases that we have mm. that aren't doing us any any services or any good um uh, I'll share one that that's quite, um, I suppose, exposes my my uh, um, a little bit of my ignorance in, in a way, but but I've come to to learn that. So one of the things I learned to quit in terms of faulty thinking was I, I found out that I was quite ageist. No. Is that shocking to you, Lashon? It is. Okay, because, Do tell. because as a young person, and this this is the really interesting thing, I did everything young. Mm. I I got into university very young. I graduated very young, started working quite young. So at every phase of my life, I was young for everything I found myself mm. doing. But that sort of meant that I worked twice as hard to prove myself to be in the same space mm. as the other people who thought, what's the small girl, what's this little girl doing oh, here? Yeah. But that over time, that faulty thinking over time made me, without realizing it, create so much more value mm. in age-related concepts of things that then made me internally then look back down on other people to say, well, mm, are you really old enough for that? Or are you really... That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, it didn't fully come to me until when I was exploring the isms that we face mm. in life. So for me, as a person of color, I faced the isms of racism, mm. sexism, and then I found myself dealing with ageism as well. Mm. And that was when I realized that well, actually I have my own unconscious biases. Mm. Um, when I encountered people and the first thing I wanted to go do was to check their pet, well, age pedigree, like mm. how long have they been working? When did they graduate from uni? Oh, less than 20 years. Yeah. Mm -mm. Not my, you're not on my level. So it's a backup. Mm. And that then made me realize that, okay, I have some issues to deal with. That takes a lot of courage to shine the light on that area yeah. and to become aware of it and to share it. Mm -hmm. um, because I, 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 I never felt that way. And actually... you're older than me. I, okay, you didn't have to put that emphasis on older. 
All right, just a little bit. Did, did y'all did y'all catch that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, but in all in all sincerity, I've always admired how you were able to whatever whatever your inner push that inner drive because I always felt like oh she's so young I haven't achieved that but then I was like oh what can I learn from that so we we have a a, a little term big little sis mm. because even though I'm only 22 plus guys uh-huh. um I've always felt like 22. I wait <laughs> I've, I've always felt like she was older than me in wisdom um mm. and I needed to learn and I you know, it was about 10 years ago, 20 years ago now, probably. They used to have this thing, what would Jesus do? Like little oh, bracelets. Oh, yeah, WWJD. Yeah. I remember that. But but, but my my psychological bracelet, what would Fumi do? <laughs> because she always had her stuff together, was always very, you know, thoughtful and an approach and always approachable. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always felt like, and this is probably going back to a previous episode, this is probably more of my imposter syndrome. I'd be like, ooh. I can't do things like Fumi do. And it wasn't anything that she put on. That was something because she always was together. But would take you along the journey. Oh, what do you need to do? And I'll be like, oh, okay, I'm catching up. I'm trying to catch up. (laughs) So it's really interesting because I never felt judged. I always felt like I needed to keep up. Yeah, And that's what I meant by the introspective thing because it wasn't something I put on other people. But I felt because I had been pushed down mm. so over the years mm. by people who felt, um, I suppose thinking about it now, they probably felt either um, jealous or yeah, the fact that, that they issue. couldn't deal with, you know, it was their issue, but they mm. put it on me. Yeah, yeah. It was like, you're too young to have this opinion. How dare you have this opinion? How dare you know or think what you think you know? And that was a strong, it was an uphill battle for mm. me. But it then meant that the callous, um, maybe the wounds or the scars yes. over the years had built into all this scar tissue mm. that meant that I was then practicing ageism without realizing I was without doing that. Because the moment really I crossed certain barriers, I remember turning 30. I didn't want to disclose the fact that I had just turned 30 when I had. Mm. But you're not I, alone. A lot of people have that. There, there's yeah. that that's that secret, you know number that most women probably want to Jackie Chan, but can we really understand why? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Mm. So, um, so for me, when I got to this point, that was what I wanted to quit. It was mm. that this is a faulty thinking because yeah. you struggle to survive it. If you now have, I mean, you're still, I'm still struggling, but if you now have young people coming up who are achieving things, mm. you of all people need to be reaching back. Absolutely. And, you know, play that, screaming play that from blessing. the bleachers yeah. and just pay that ble- blessing forward. So, yeah, uh, I know we spent a lot of time talking about but the that. But this is thinking, really but that's a, one. It's a big one, isn't yeah. it? Um, and it can manifest itself in different ways. Absolutely. You know, I, I know we'll, we'll, we'll touch on in a future episode about unconscious bias, mm. but this just really reminds me of a, of a talk, uh, a TED talk uh, that was given by Jennifer L. Eberhardt. I mm. hope I'm saying her name well. Um, we'll go over it, but just the whole point, I think the key word is unconscious. Mm. And until it's something that may be flagged internally, externally, and shine a light on it and having the courage and the bravery to say, ooh, let me look at it, but it's unconscious. Yeah. You know, and it doesn't negate our responsibility to tackle those things. But I think in, in a future episode, we will discuss how we can shine a light on it. But once the light is shown, 
what are we going to do? What are we gonna How do? are we going to show up in that mm-hmm. moment? Yeah. Actually, what you said, and we've probably talked on this for too long now, but that's helped me remember a conversation I had with someone the other day who is someone I respect. And we were talking about the whole impact and effect of this whole Black Lives Matter mm-hmm. movement. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had a rather frank conversation with this person who said to me, he's always thought you know, as a white male, mm. that it should be all lives matter. Mm, mm. And I, because it was a respectful discourse, I then went on to explain to him the faulty foundation in that very thinking mm, mm. and why that was a wrong way to view people who are oppressed. And as it's at that point that you want to then use your white privilege to say, hey, how about me? Mm. And when we had that conversation, it was a moment of reckoning for him because he was like, wow, never saw it that way before. Mm. Thank you. Yeah. I will stop saying that because I totally get it. For him, that would be his quitting his faulty thinking moment. Yeah. Yeah, so that absolutely. would look differently for, for, for different. So sometimes it's in ideals, mm. it's ideas, it's behaviors, things not just about us progressing forward, but that impact how we relate, relate, interact and treat other people. Absolutely. Girl, you taking me to some some church, some some <laughs> ideas church. Hallelujah. Thank you. I think that leads us nicely on to another area of where I would benefit and maybe other people, it resonates with them how to quit and it's how to quit wanting or desiring someone else's life. You know what? That reminds me, Ooh, keeping up with the Joneses. Many, many scriptures about that. Oh my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And it's, how do you quit someone else's life? You know, Mm. and when you think about it, you might, Oh, I don't do that. But it's everywhere. It's in all the fabrics, the fibers of, of our beings. I can only speak from being in the West, mm. um, from the you know media coverage, you know the different ads, and even the 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 data mining when you like go into different online spaces and they create an avatar or, or a profile. Yeah. So that way, it pulls down to encourage selling. It pulls down encourage to you know being into different people's brown. And there's this whole psychology behind that and so it's not you're not necessarily this picture of this snooty person that wants you know this lifestyle fabricated even in uh influencers and Mm. they're they're basically pimping back lifestyles that they may or may not actually be living in reality to resonate with people to sell and buy into brands and when i think about that you know for growing up in california my mom, I give that beautiful lady masses prop ups. There were many times where she'd be working two and three jobs as a single mom. Mm-hmm. And my dad was in the background. He was putting it down, but he was in the military and he was away. But for our perception and our society, we grew up pretty money light, resource mm-hmm. light. Um, we had a roof over our head. But I remember, I'm what, what you would call a strategic hoarder. <laughs> <laughs> I will confess because I have about three friends that I've I've literally was like, do not touch my things because I can strategically hide it in different places. And I have a lovely friend. She'll probably kill me, but I'm going to big up Elizabeth because she is massive, massive. She will clear strategic things out. I asked her to come over my house one time. 
to help me. And, and, and my daughter was like, you can't touch that. No auntie. And, and I was like, Oh, come on, darling. Until she got to my box. And then you she were, got you to my the thing for dear life. No, I would wait till she goes to the bathroom. I'll confess it now. And I would pull stuff back out, put what? that back. And then she caught me one in one moment. And she was like, what are you doing? We're You don't need, but I might need this. And, and that night, after I hit it and then I pulled it back after she went home. <laughs> Why am I holding on to this stuff? I probably haven't used that box mm, of stuff in, in, in about ages, ages mm. probably years. And it came from a place of not never wanting, wanting to let go. Not There was an emotional connection to that. Mm. And when I think about someone else's life, I don't ever want to be poor again. Yeah. I don't ever want to feel like I don't have something. But mm. that doesn't necessarily have to be associated with things. I remember some of the things not having, people giving their best and trying, but that gave me a sense of fear. Hmm. and insecurity and so I'll have things and associate things with saying I've arrived Hmm. I've used that in terms of education social mobility to have it to say I've arrived I'm not that poor girl anymore and I don't have to justify being in the room because she's arrived because look at the stuff that I have Hmm. but don't get me wrong I will give the clothes off my back literally if someone Hmm. needs something because I probably have five or six duplicates. <laughs> oh, <you know? laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. That, that is so deep, Lachelle. And mm. I have to admit that I've always thought about this particular point on a more superficial level. Mm. Like, oh, just lusting after what someone else has. Mm. And that's probably why a lot of people feel they don't want to connect with that point because they mm. feel it's a really bad place to be. But what you've done is to... You've delved beneath mm. the surface mm. to understand where the desire to want is coming mm. from. Mm. And yours mm. is from the background of the, the, the historical background of not wanting to be in a place where you couldn't provide. Yeah. And that's why you want to hold on to things. Um, and, you know, if we were to link that back to someone else's life, that might not necessarily be what you wanted for that point in time. Mm. Otherwise, mm. you wouldn't be asking Elizabeth to come and help you declutter, for example. Yes, this is true. Mm. And and on that point, I'm really delighted that this is not a live recording because she might literally be waiting at my door. <laughs> <laughs> She'll be like, give me the box. <laughs> right, we need to we need to get yes. you a decluttering session with Emmy. Oh yes. To, to help you overcome that. You exactly. need some coaching. <laughs> oh, I do. I do. All right. No, so that's a, that's a, that's a, I don't want to add anything to what you said on that mm. point. Cause I think that's a really deep point. And you sort of linked it to, um, in a more humane way, mm. um, to some historical background. I don't want to say baggage, but mm. historical background that reflects on who you are now as an yeah, adult woman true. and how that's influenced your decisions. Yeah. So I guess a shout out to people out there who feel, am I living my life in a way that feels like mirroring someone else's one to try to either prove a point or to give myself a certain level of assurance, yeah. surety. We're not judging you. Absolutely. We're just saying we get it. Yes, I can. Le- I'm leading the flag, girls. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. How time flies when it we does. talk about this topic. Okay, so let's do one more. Yeah. Should we do one more and then, you know, we'll draw the line with that. So quit lying. Mm. 
But what do we mean by that? Gosh. Quit lying. That is such a broad topic. And it touch it could touch in it so many different in, dimensions. It could touch yeah. in so many different things, couldn't mm. it? So let me pick one. How about we quit lying about our situation? Mm-hmm. That's yeah <laughs> that's like a can of worms right mm. um in a way that could be a mirror effect of quit denying anger sadness and fear mm. which we spoke about the last time yes yes but this one i think quit lying i think is if you are that this is more situational rather than emotional mm. so the first one was talking about our emotions but if we talk about our situation, mm. why do we want to quit lying about our situation? It prevents us from moving forward. Yeah. Because, so let's, let's take a very classic example um, that I encounter a lot with people who come to me for um, coaching or for advice. Mm. Um, you find someone in a literal financial pit mm. and they're still making terrible financial decisions. And initially I had so much impatience because I thought, I don't get it. Mm. You are in a hole financially, for example, and maybe the person is still going on holidays, mm. Mm. you know, uh, buying a brand new car, you know, and stuff like that. So that's an example. Mm. Um, and you then, I then realized that, okay, maybe they haven't acknowledged to themselves that I have a financial problem mm. because mm. when they do, that helps the individual or the, the, the person to then say, okay, these are the steps I need to take. Same thing, we take that to relationship, for example. Mm. And this, this is a very, I suppose this is a very deep one. Mm. You know, I've heard about people who are in abusive relationships mm. and mm. they just won't do anything to leave because they're hoping against hope that something will change. And I, I always say we can't really resolve anything if you keep lying about the situation. Yeah, but that that's a that's a it's that's a, a tricky one. one. It that, is, isn't it? It it is in in the sense that, you know, where do you go? Your your yeah. your, your emotional resilience is probably non-existent. Mm. Um, who will want me? Um, yeah. You know, how could I have allowed this? And there's just that that's just psychological warfare and, and another and we just have to be so mindful and thoughtful that um, we, we can't shake I hate the word victim, but we can't shake the recipient of abuse. No. That that's 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 in a way almost tantamount to saying a, a, a child that's been abused. it's not their fault. It's not. No. And and to be able to be able to reach and ask for help, mm. you know, when this has been your reality for five minutes, five mm. years, five decades, this is all, you know, so what in it, what's in that situation, you know, to, that will speak life to someone that thinks, well, this is, this is reality. This is how it is. Uh, that's you know? a very, it's yeah. a very good point. And I, I think maybe, um, I think this is one that goes beyond just trying to scratch the surface. Yeah, of yeah, it. Yeah. Um, but I, I sort of feel that maybe the starting point is which is why i was saying you know this could look any number of ways oh, man. you know it could be relationship it could be work it could be financial it could be any of those things but i think the underlying theme through all of them is you 
you got to acknowledge to yourself yeah. what the situation is. Mm. So we get that you can't, people can't force a solution on you and people mm. should, really shouldn't. Absolutely not. But you have to want to change. Yeah. Uh, and when I say change, that again is a, is a probably a wrong choice of words, but we have to want to acknowledge mm. what the situation is. Yeah. Acknowledgement. 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 Yeah. And then also looking at those things, the courage to, to acknowledge that you need help or support yeah. or, and, and that, that doesn't take away from who you are as an no, individual no, it doesn't. because there, there's, I, I love, there's this, this quote, uh, from, you know, the Christian Bible that says iron sharpens iron. Mm. You might have a strength that I need help in. And if I don't acknowledge, I need help in that yeah. area. How will that sharpen? Exactly. Yeah. So that I goes back that. to, to having a, a, being humble, being safe, to be vulnerable and being mm. able to, to know you're in a space that can be contained by someone, um, that you trust. Mm. Um, so that the, the, there's just like layers of an onion, yeah. um, with a lot of these issues. And I think, like you said, we've only scratched the, the surface. surface for this one. Yeah. 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 And we might, uh, um, we might revisit this um, at the start of the final, the final episode on how to quit. Absolutely. Um, so if you have any, um, thoughts or comments or mm. views on the quit lying point, please do share them with Absolutely. us. I think we would really like to hear back on that. Um, and I think one, one key thing is to separate the quit lying from quits, um, self criticizing. Yes. Because that's really yes. important. We don't want you to walk away f- feeling that acknowledging a problem means to be critical of yourself. No, no, no. That, that's not going to help you. It's, it's not, not. going to move you mm. for a play into a place of, okay, of I can, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Ooh, this, this, this was, this was a this doozy. Is, yeah. And I think in, in terms of some of the areas, um, that we tipped on, it would probably be useful for us to think about bringing in, um, some expert or some practitioner support to speak to so those kind of things, um, especially with anything about the any level of abuse. We are not experts at all. Mm-hmm. I, I know it's something that has touched my family on a different, a lot of different levels. Me personally, mm-hmm. um, so we always want to recognize the courage and the bravery of people being able to acknowledge the situation mm-hmm. and when they need a support to get out to get safe, mm. um, that they're able to access that. So that might be one useful, we can bring in, uh, somebody who could speak to that from yeah. a place that can really help. Empower. I think so. I yeah. think so too. Yeah. Wow. This has been great. Uh, thank you for being with us this far. Yeah. Um, we have, we really enjoyed doing this. I love it. I think this is actually therapy for the soul. Is <laughs> it is. It is. Yes. I, I agree. <laughs> Wonderful. So yeah, thank you once again. We'll see you next um next week. Yeah. When we'll be bringing yet another exciting and interesting um topic. conversation. Conversation. Conversation with the girlfriend. With the friend. Yes, we love it. <laughs> All right. Okay, thank take you. care. Bye. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to subscribe, review, and share.